I am back. Yes, I am back after a little bit of a flu bug kind of hit me, but perfect timing because Canucks season is over. Exit meetings have taken place. Final press conferences have taken place. And now we look forward to a summer of questions, renovations, and a whole lot more. It's Locked on Canucks on Tuesday, May 3rd, and it starts now. You're Locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Canucks. I am, of course, your host, Justin Pooney, and that you can find me at underscore process sports on Twitter. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you aren't yet, Follow us, subscribe to us, wherever you get your podcast services, because we are Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on the Vancouver Canucks. We're available wherever you get your podcasting services, and we are free. That is the most important thing. Guys, I'm happy to be back. Um, the last couple of days were kind of rough. Um, of course, I did my episode on Thursday, um, and I was going to do episode Friday for the Canucks season finale and all of that stuff. but. I wasn't feeling the best. Um, I tried to record the episode on Friday, but I had this really nagging uh, sore throat. I kind of lost my voice. Um, I had a bit of a cough. So, you know, take the weekend off, rested, recuperated. Uh, doctor said take, like, you know, take a couple days off. So I am back feeling much better, much more full of life and ready to dive into this episode where today we're going to kind of go over the different messaging interesting t- conversations, kind of everything that transpired the last couple of days in Canuckland, which featured player exit media availability, head coach Bruce, head coach for now, Bruce Brudrow's end of the season media availability. And then today, Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford's final media availability of the season and kind of take what we learned from it. Cause it was very interesting the last couple of days in Canuckland. Um, First, let's start off with the head honcho, the big man up top, Mr. Jim Rutherford. Discussed a whole various variety of topics. First of all, we'll go to the coach because that's the biggest elephant in the room right now. Bruce Brujo says he wants to be back and he expects to be back. But Jim Rutherford says they would love to have Bruce Brujo back on the contract they agreed with to him with, which, if you forget, features a team option. Um, and a pl- coach option. So if Boudreaux opts in, coaches for the season, and it's basically a one-year deal, proven to me type thing, which was kind of what I was predicting earlier on uh, last week when I said, look, I think they should sign him to a two-year deal and kind of said, you know what? Prove it to us. and Prove it to us. We're not going to make you a lame duck coach, but prove it to us or else we're going to let you go move on. But this to me was very indicative. I think. Bruce Brudrow was ownership's higher. Well, it was evident there's ownership's higher, and he is not Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin's guy. They did not come out and give a ringing endorsement. You know, um, he Rutherford mentioned how the Canucks, you know, played kind of loose, didn't have enough structure, um, and all of that stuff, which um, is kind of indicative on Bruce Brudrow. And to me, 
I think after being so very after being now, I could be completely off kilter right now and off off center, but I think Bruce Boudreaux is done in Vancouver. I think Jim Rutherford does not want him as the coach of this team going forward. How would the players respond to that? I don't know. But from every indication I got today, Bruce Boudreaux will no longer be the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. His agent, you know, Gil Scott, said it's been a very busy time for Bruce since he got to Vancouver. His focus was making the playoffs. Now he's going to catch his breath and kind of figure things out. Um, he loves Vancouver and loves the players. Well, that's fine and dandy, but he, I don't think the head boss loves him and is in love with him anymore. I believe, I truly believe that, I, and I don't quote me on this, but I think, you know, Bruce Brujo. Um, lives in Pennsylvania. The Philadelphia Flyers' um, job is open. Mike Yo will not be back. Um, I look. There's a chance he could be back. We want him to take his time. You know, express his right decision making. But look, this is the brass tacks of what's going on with Bruce Brujo here. Bruce Brujo was brought in by ownership to kind of push this thing along, a veteran coach. And I don't think ownership, uh, sorry, once Jim Rutherford came in, I don't think he felt that Boudreaux was a sustainable long-term plan at coach. Maybe because of his age, maybe because of his track record, maybe of where the state this team is in. But it was very clear to me, now it could all be posturing and contracting in a contract negotiation, stuff like that. But to me, I don't think Bruce Brujo is coming back from what I heard today. I don't think Jim Rutherford has confidence in Bruce Brujo to bring him back. So that's what the coaching things, the coaching matter stand, stands at. I think Brujo, after hearing that, might not want to opt in. Maybe he takes a look at the Philadelphia job, like I just mentioned. He lives in Pennsylvania in the offseason, you know, could he want to be back on the East Coast in Philly? Um, within it, that's an interesting situation itself there. Maybe Alvin and Rutherford want to make their own hire. They want to hire their guy. You always hear that in sports. Whenever management changes and stuff like that, they want to bring in their guy to create their vision. And I don't think Bruce Boudreaux's vision and the way he play, um, coached this team was the way Jim Rutherford wants this Vancouver Canucks team to play. What did else did Rutherford say? Rutherford also talked about how JT Miller, they're going to work on bringing him back, but if the numbers get egregious, they're going to have to make a non-emotional decision and move on and look at the long-term benefits of the Vancouver Canucks. Boy, oh boy, that's a lot to unpack there. Whereas JT Miller's agent was on Vancouver TV today saying how he wants to be a part of the solution in Vancouver, wants to be in Vancouver. Yet Jim Rutherford here is playing hardball. 
I kind of get that feeling. Jim Rutherford is basically saying, look, we have a limit. We have a max of amount of money we will offer you. And if we will not be pushed around. And quite frankly, I'm happy to hear that as a Canucks fan. Whether it's with Boudreaux or JT Miller, Brock Besser. Also, by the way, I want to just say um, our thoughts and prayers are with the Besser family. Um, after hearing what his family is dealing with, his father's battle with dementia, um, I, you know, my heart goes out to the Besser family, him dealing with that. Um, I know it's been a hot button topic of him talking about it. Um, if Brock Besser felt comfortable to answer the question and you saw his raw emotion, um, it affects him. It should, you know, it humanizes him. Um, and I know I haven't given him the most praise, but I give Brock Besser the utmost amount of praise for opening up and talking about how difficult it is dealing with a family matter while playing professional hockey. Um, so sorry to sidetrack that. I just wanted to say my thoughts and prayers are with Brock Besser and his entire family. Um, absolutely um, strong, strong-willed individual to talk about that in front of the media like that. But going back to strong and not being pushed around, um, Jim Rutherford has basically drawn a line in the sand in these negotiations with everybody saying, hey, this is a new era. There's a new sheriff in town. I am the boss now. And that is what the Canucks need. Jim Benning was a guy who got pushed over quite frequently, especially when it came to free agents. We can we know the litany, the laundry list of all the horrible contracts that have been handed out over the last decade of, Can of Canucks hockey. We can list them all. We all know them all. But what Jim Rutherford has been preaching or has been saying or posturing or whatever is exactly what I want to hear as a Canucks fan. I want to hear the boss say, look, we have a number, we have a limit, we are going to stay within it, and if you don't like that, we're going to make the tough decision to make this organization better and sustainably better in the long run. That is what I want to hear from Jim Rutherford. Whether, like I said, if Boudreaux does wants a longer-term deal and the Canucks don't feel that fits in their sustainable long-term plan, Bruce, there it is, thank you, but I'm going to trust the guy that built three Stanley Cup contending teams. JT Miller, 99 points this year. The engine of the Canucks. A guy who I want around. But if you ask for 11 million, if you ask for 12 million, if you ask for 10 million, that I will not accept. Jim Rutherford is going to make sure this team is built the right way, built the way that he wants it to be built, and built sustainable for success speaking of sustainable and bringing success coming up after the break i'm going to talk about the off-ice renovations that jim rutherford talked about today which i think are a massive massive deal that needs to be talked about more and we're going to get to that after this break but first i want to talk to you about athletic greens athletic greens of course is a partner of our product um, it is a great, great product. I, you know, for myself, like I was just dealing with a bit of a flu, but I also in previous times I've dealt with, you know, things like gut health. I needed more energy. I want to optimize the immune system and I hate taking pills and vitamins and all those different types of supplements. I wanted something that tastes great. And that was really easy to use. And that was 
athletic greens. I've been using it now for a few months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a kind of a mild tropical taste, which I love, love different types of juices and I actually look forward to taking it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Of course, nobody wants to get wrinkles. Now, I consume it. I you know, take it every morning when I with my breakfast. And I love the taste of it. You know, I got my parents on it too. And I actually bring it with me when I travel. When I go back home to Vancouver, I take it with me wherever I go. Look, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than a, that cold brew coffee. It's cheaper than the different supplements. And you're investing in all new in one nutrition. Finally, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's your time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Nutritional insurance. Nutritional growth. It's going to talk about what Talk about growth. I'm going to talk about the Canucks and what Jim Rutherford talked about today. He opened up his press conference talking about how the media room, the dressing room, and other renovations will take place at Rogers Arena. And also, they're finally going to get a practice rink slash facility. And I think this is just as big as anything going on on the ice. You want to know why? Because Rutherford touched on himself. This here is a selling point to future players, future coaches, future and future sponsors. It makes the franchise more appealing. You look and you hear about it all the time. People, athletes are creatures of habit. They want to feel comfortable. They want to feel taken care of. They want to feel pampered. If the Canucks are able to get a practice facility, update all these amenities to make Rogers Arena and their facilities first class, more players are going to want to play for the Canucks. More people are going to want to invest in the Canucks. It is going to help the brand. You don't think when Jerry Jones was building that billion-dollar stadium in Arlington, and then he built another massive practice facility, that players would not take notice to that. It is absolutely imperative that you have the right facilities in place. Right now, the Canucks do not have a practice facility. They practice at eight rinks where I play adult league hockey during the summertime. I play on the same ice where the Canucks practice. We drink beers in the same dressing room where the Canucks get dressed for practice at eight rinks. Think about it like that. Players 
coaching staff and all this. You want to have a facility set up where everything is housed, everything's centralized, everything's easily accessible for players to get their work, extra work in, players to, you know, get extra training in, players to get treatment, all that stuff. You look at it, like I'm here in Toronto. The Leafs have their own practice facility. The Raptors have their own practice facility. Why? Because when there are concerts and other events take going on at your home arena, you need a place where you can have a, a home where all your players can come after hours, where you guys can all work on your film and all that. You need a facility. And that is why it is so important that the Canucks are finally getting this done. There's a couple locations they said they have. I think uh, was it twenty back in 2018 they had the uh, Plaza of Nations across the street as an idea, but that was shut down early 2021. Um, I don't know where it's going to be. I would assume it's going to be out in downtown somewhere if they have the right land or just outside of downtown on Vancouver. I don't see it being out in the burbs, although Canucks practice facility in Surrey would be absolutely mint, but that's probably not going to happen. Anyway, I, go investing in that type of um, facilities and um, you know stuff like that is critical. You know, the dressing room was last updated back in 2019. Look, the Rogers Arena Jumbotron is old. Rogers Arena is 27 years old. And while it is in still very good condition, it can get a certain facelift, modernize itself, step into the 2020s, right? A bigger Jumbotron, maybe. Maybe a changing of the color of the seats, finally, that I talked about last week, where we don't want the burgundy anymore. The team wears blue. The seats should be blue. Or something along those lines. The burgundy does not go anymore. What this all goes back to is what I talked about in the very first episode of Locked on Canucks. When you want to build a strong, great, sustainable organization, which the Canucks, I've been, that's my prime messaging about this podcast. If the Canucks want to be sustainably great, you have to spend money in the right spots. Don't waste money on things like a guy who cannot play third-line center. Spend money and build a grade A, a world-class state-of-the-art practice facility where players will want to play because it makes sense. It makes them feel comfortable. Update your dressing room so guys feel more comfortable. Update the arena where it makes it look modern. I'm not saying Rogers Arena isn't modern, but what I'm saying is Things like the Jumbotron need to be fixed. Spend money where things that will make you money. If, For example, if you run a social media, graphic design, something like that, that type of business, are you going to provide computers that are 20 years old and expect the same quality, the same return on investment, the same um, revenue stream, even though you're too cheap to spend money? To cut costs? No, you cannot. In certain aspects, you cannot cut costs. If you want to do something, you do it right and you do it to the best of your abilities. That is why I feel the Canucks upgrading their facilities, updating, sorry, not updating, buying and building a new practice facility will be absolutely key. As I mentioned, they practice now where I used, to, where I play beer hockey, beer league hockey. So, Think about it like that as you may. Be that as you may. Um, the Canucks need 
uh, a facelift in all certain aspects on the ice and certainly off the ice. And that is why I think it is so important that we talk about these changes in the off on the off season about, you know, on ice quality, off ice quality and the amenities around the organization, because it matters. It matters. Things like this are important to the organization and they should be important to fans because when these things are upgraded, when these things are taken care of off the ice, that might not seem that big. They do matter when you go on a go forward and build a Stanley Cup roster because what happens when you have your own facility? Guys can train in the offseason anytime they want to. They can train on off days. They can get treatment on off days there. They don't have to worry about a concert at Rogers Arena where there's no ice where they can't get training in. They can go there whenever they want. It is strictly for the Canucks 24-7 seven days a week that is why a practice facility is so huge that is why if you re-up the whole dressing room you re-up everything which what mike gillis did was the one of the first things he did when he first took over what did he do he updated the dressing room mike gillis was a forward thinker mike gillis was a guy that believed in building an organization spending money in the right places to make his players comfortable, which made the Canucks a free agent destination. And Jim Rutherford is doing that right now, which is why the final thing I want to say about this and the whole Jim Rutherford topic is this. The Canucks finally have a leader on the organization for years with under Jim Benning. This organization felt like Benning is just a puppet to Aquilini and the ownership group. I don't get that sense now. As I mentioned before, Rutherford has a hardball tactic saying things like, this is it, this is my way or the highway, and I trust him. He's built Stanley Cup contenders. He's built sustainable organizations. He's laid the groundwork to that. Jim Rutherford knows what he is doing. I trust Jim Rutherford. I trust the fact that he knows what he's doing in building this. And whether Miller, Besser, Horvat, Boudreaux, Pedersen, Hughes, Demko, whoever is back and who is not back, I trust that he is going to do things the right way. And that is important because we have not had trust with the front office in a very long time. Speaking of trust, speaking of believability and all that other fun stuff. After this break, we're going to talk about the Canucks players and kind of some of the things that I think we're going to transpire. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now, a nightly podcast that recaps everything in the NHL, with all games with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, I can't keep track of every game going on right now. There's a million games going on, basketball, hockey, baseball. Locked On, guys. The Locked On NHL Now, guys, keep me in the loop. And also... Keeping you on the loop, betonline.net, which is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. Saddle up. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. We're going to start talking about the Canucks players with potentially the biggest question, in my personal opinion. JT Miller. 
99 points. The straw that stirred the drink this year. His agent says he wants to be part of the solution in Vancouver. His agent also says that he wants to be in Vancouver. But Jim Rutherford did say that there is going to be an interesting fact and a draw a line in the sand type of thing. Jim Rutherford is going to not allow JT Miller to ask for nine to ten million. Well, sorry, he's not. I mean, he's not going to allow. I think the Canucks and Jim Rutherford will say, "Look, we'll give you eight million by four to five years. Take it or leave it. Eight and a half tops. They'll work out something like that." But I don't think. I think what if that price starts reaching to. 9 million, 10 million, Rutherford will draw the line in the sand. Do I expect a deal to get done with JT Miller? I do because I think Rutherford values him and thinks that he's a guy that he can build forward, that he's a culture setter. Same with Bo Horvat. I expect Bo Horvat to be back next year as the captain, the leader. He loves it here in Vancouver. Congratulations. He had a just a baby daughter a short while ago. Congratulations to the Horvat family. He will be in Vancouver. He will sign a new deal because he is a Canuck and he loves it here, and they will be able to get him at a decently priced deal. The one guy I don't know about is the guy who I you know, talked about earlier, Brock Besser. His contract and his contract situation will be very interesting. Now, he said as well he wants to stay in Vancouver, but is it going to be less than the $7.5 million qualifying offer? I don't know. I predict it's going to be a sign-and-trade type of deal with Besser where you know, it's a hockey trade. The Canucks move off of him trade him to another organization that needs some forward help and they bring in some defense help. I think that's what takes place with Brock Besser. Now I could be wrong. He could take a, you know, a little bit of a hometown discount say, Hey, you know what? I'm willing to work it out here. I want to stay here. This is where I want to be. Um, But Brock Besser also is a man who hasn't had that big contract yet. And if he has the opportunity to expand his generate, get that generational wealth or get that wealth to help his family out. um, You can't hate on him for that. And the Canucks might just not want to pay that for, the multitude of reasons because their own cap strength, their own cap, you know, issues, or the fact that they just don't see Besser being a long-term fit in Vancouver. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how things shake down this in this offseason. It's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be interesting. There's gonna be a lot of talking points um on and off the ice, you know, with Boudreaux, um, practice facilities, you know, potentially seat changes, uh, all this fun stuff, and then of course, all the whole on-ice thing. But also this starting tomorrow, we're gonna jump into our off-season programming where We'll talk with the Canucks on a daily basis about what's going on because there's always something going on in Canucks Nation, but also introduce two segments. The first segment and the first segment of shows we're going to introduce is the greatest Canucks series because, quite frankly, why not? I'm going to go down and break down to you the greatest Canucks of all time every day, a new player, and explain to you why I feel they're one of the franchise legends. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to make you want to debate, talk about it, think about it, and it's going to get that discussion going. So stay tuned for that. Um, and like I said, guys, of course, we're going to, you know, tomorrow we will talk about the draft lottery, potentially what the draft status was going to be, different prospects, take a look forward at the Canucks, maybe a Boudreaux contract, news breaks, whatever happens, you're going to on Lockdown Canucks, keep on locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. And I want to thank you for making Lockdown Canucks your first listen of the day. As I just mentioned, starting tomorrow. The greatest Canucks series begins now. Make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the NHL playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, 
Take care, stay safe, and I will talk to you all 